three, two, one. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Oh, I am spectacular. I am so, just spectacular. It's just the two of us today. I know. It's kind of weird. hope Adam is okay and all is good. But today it's just going to be the two of us. Um, I don't think we've ever done this before. It's always been you and Adam or... Uh, but me and my, my frequent guest appearances, but I'm uh, happy that, you know, it's been pretty full time this summer. Yeah. Despite I, the situations. Listen, we have another voice. If you haven't noticed, Adam and I are a little um, biased to, to our teams. <laughs> so you are the voice that we have been waiting for. Um, I don't know. You guys always say that like, I'm the voice. I don't. Adam say the voice of reason or of balance, but I don't know. I, I mentioned John Gibson quite a bit. <sighs> Come on. Okay. You know what? Okay. Let's let's just let's just get started. Okay, let's okay. get started. Uh, we're gonna get a couple things out of the way before the fun begins for me. Um, number one, and I know Daniel probably wants to say something. And I think we've talked about before. Bob McKenzie mm-hmm. uh, is semi-retiring, if if that's what we're gonna call it. Yeah, um, yeah, 40 years, he said, in the industry. And what I loved about it, shout out to Ryerson University program. Our program, actually, journalism, graduate of 1979. Um, I'm really happy that, uh, you know, he's still going to be around, but it's kind of sad that he's not going to be there full time anymore. Um, the few words I could say about Bob is, I feel like I'm using the first name basis. You know, we're, we're close like that already. Not we're really. close with him just like we are with uh, Elliot and Jeff because we're yes, all on first course. name basis, right? Yeah. Um, he's actually, yeah, been like a huge reason why I decided to go to Ryerson for journalism. Like he's just been that, you know, that cornerstone guy, like the gold standard for me when it comes to uh, NHL coverage, just like here and there and everything. You know, his draft analysis, his, you know, work with the real juniors. It's everything that, you know, growing up a kid can hope for when you want to know more and more about hockey like it like on the ice and out of yeah. it so you know congrats to bob we're happy he's still going to be around but we're still kind of sad that you know it's not going to be a full-time thing anymore yeah for sure and uh the second thing quickly zero positive tests yes you know thumbs Hot up on the back NHL. Hot on the back again you know who's looking real smart today gary Bettman. yes you know you know, there's a lot of le- a few leaks here, you know, here and there. You know, we've talked about that, you know, yeah. kind of get a few more pointers from that. But, yeah. So, I, I think we should get started. We will. Um, we're-, we're going live, obviously, in not even 10 minutes. Uh, the draft lottery is supposed to start. Um, and what kind of the plan is for today is we're going to look back, review what the outcome of all the play-in series were. We're going to look at the round one round one matchups and and we'll see who gets Alexis Lafreniere or Yaroslav Askarov you know or Yaroslav Askarov depending on the number one pick yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you know if the Leafs get the first overall pick 
we need Yaroslav Askarov. That's who we've so. been missing. Speaking of, should we start? Should 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 I just go? Should I? Yes. Should I strip off the bandaid, Alex. Okay. So, Leafs versus Columbus, uh, play-in series. Quite quite upsetting. Uh, they lost last night three nothing. In a dis in a series deciding game five against Jonas Corposalo. It was back in net. When was the last time before this year anyone talked about Jonas Corposalo? NHL video games. That's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> or uh Columbus taking I don't know. I think the one story I always remember that with him was that because Columbus already took Oscar Dansk 31st yeah. overall in 2012. And then they're like, he has to double dip and get another goalie, like the first pick of the third round. And I'm like, all right, we'll see where it goes. And then suddenly this guy emerges. The team last night, and, and I'm not even going to get into game three or game four. If you haven't seen game three or game four, it was an absolute nightmare for Leaf fans. I think everyone was having heart attacks left, right, and center. Game three, up three nothing uh, in the second period. One, two, three, four. Columbus comes back, beats us in overtime. In in a span of ten minutes, it felt like I was back in 2013 again because I love being 13 years old. Flashbacks, Um, (laughs) awful flashbacks. (laughs) Three goal leads. You know, you hate to see them. Game four, Columbus up three nothing. Three and a half minutes to go. One, two, three. Just, I was thought I was gonna die. The Leafs were literally just putting the pucks in the back of the net. Austin Matthews with a great goal in overtime. Dirty dangles, put put him in the back of the net. Just Austin Matthews-esque. Game five, deciding game. You come back from a down three-nothing. Jason Spezza had to fight for you last game because you're a bunch of, you're just an absolute joke. How do you get your 37-year-old fourth-line center who came to Toronto because he wanted to win a cup, not to known to be a tough guy at all. And you get him to fight. Where was Kyle Clifford in that situation? Like that was kind of inexcusable. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's inexcusable that anyone let this man fight. I, I don't care who you are. If you're making $700,000 or if you're making $11.634 million, you do not let this man, 37 year old man fight. That that's that's just my that's a maybe a pet peeve. I don't know. The team last night looked like an absolute joke. If I'm being honest, they've looked like a joke the last three games. How do you disappear for 55 minutes? I was surprised too. Like, where was that momentum? I was kind Nowhere. of looking at Nowhere. that. You know, like that last four minutes. You know, um, I was joking with my sister that you know in game four, it's like you know, it's like. They procrastinated the project to the end and yeah. they got it done. But at the same time, you know, I'm really lucky like that Nick Felino penalty. I know that guy complained about it, but you know, whether or not Riley pushed off, we don't know. But what I kind of found with like game five is like, you know, you had that momentum going in, like, you know, get better shots on net. They're throwing pucks on net. Like the guys, uh, uh, single A goalie. What is like you're playing in the NHL? You're playing in the NHL, the best hockey league in the world, and you're throwing pucks on net like for fun, doing mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. The whole point, and and I have issue. I had an issue with the first line last night, uh, in terms of I, I don't think they should have been together 
from the start. I think that the issue started, I think last night, Keith made two errors, taking out Andre, uh, taking out Nick Robertson and putting it in Andreas Janssen, who hasn't played since February. We're going on six, six months without playing an actual NHL hockey game. And yeah, I get Nick Robertson didn't have the best game four or the best game of the best game three either, but you're really going to put in Andreas Johnson, who's coming off a knee injury, who's pretty much been injured the entire season. If anything, his value's at an all-time low, and you're going to put him in a deciding game. It, it makes no, it made no sense to me. Uh, the second thing for me was that first line. I understand it's a great line. It's the nuclear line, as as the Leaf fans are calling it. But you made that second line look so vulnerable. You're playing William Nylander, who's a great player, not a center. Never been a center. Mm. He played center in Sweden. Never played, rarely played center with the Marlies. And when he played center with the Leafs, it's not his game. It's not his game. And when you put him in that situation, he fails, and we sit here like Lee fans sit here, all surprised that 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 he's yeah. failed. And they're saying, you know, we need to do this, we need to do that. No, play William Nylander on the lit, on the wing. He looked great with uh, John Tavares for part of the year, and he's looked great with Austin Matthews for the last three seasons. Yeah, I kind of agree. That was kind of like a blunder on Sheldon Keefe's part. That you know, you, I guess you try to be innovative with these lines, but it's just. It's these things where it's like you know you kind of have to go with what's what's you know what's tried and true like that uh the like I agree the Janssen thing you know I love the guy but he really should have just not played in an elimination game. Nick Robertson did not look bad like I know like he's eighteen he I love that he had that first goal but like those last two games you know he has been kind of like invisible but you know that's yeah. something that you're gonna expect that he's not gonna have that same level of consistency but same thing. You know, I'd, I'd rather go with the speedy, consistent young winger who scored in the series than someone who's been, you know, coming in cold after six months. Um, second thing, too. Yeah, like stacking that first line was pretty bad idea. I think the way Columbus is built in terms of like their structure, if we're going go to their, go to them now, it's just like that defensive line. It's so deep that, you know, once you neutralize that first line, it's just, you know, it was kind of slim pickings for the Leafs by that point. They couldn't do anything. I felt, and this was game one, and we talked about it, I think, an episode or two ago on the podcast. The Toronto Maple Leafs, it felt like when they got in the zone, they couldn't do anything with it. Because, again, they're throwing pucks and looking for rebounds. When was the last time this team was good at that? JVR is not sitting in front of the net no more, guys. Open, open your eyes. You have Austin Matthews on the side. You have John Tavares can sit in front of the net if he wants to, but John Tavares should be scoring goals. Did not look good at all uh, last night uh, in terms of putting the puck in the net. It's great that he had chances. And now that I bring that up, I love, you know, I'm very... And Adam's gonna Adam's going to pick on me for this. The whole analytics thing. Um, in, in terms of analytics, it's great to use as a as a as a starting point. But to come out and say you had a two percent a two percent shooting percentage, a shooting percentage of two percent on five on five is for the entire series is absolutely ridiculous. 
And to use that as an excuse, to use that as an excuse. Again, I feel like we're all just kind trying to come up with excuses where John Torrella came out today, was talking about uh, apparently media is ripping on Sheldon Keefe. And listen, Sheldon Keefe deserves some blame for last night. Uh, he's not the only person who deserves some blame. I think there's blame to be thrown around at to every single person on that team, except Jason Spezza. And yeah. and Mike, if Mike were on the podcast, he'd tell me that Jack Campbell deserves n- nothing. Jack Campbell. <laughs> Either, yeah, because he oh, yeah, the saw like, he showed the up best player last night. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he showed up for his position. Um, did his job. But, did his job. But man, man, the team and. and the biggest thing coming out of the Mike Babcock firing back in November was that this was going to expose the players. This firing was going to expose the players and it did exactly that. Well, for me, it did. And I know, and and I know other people are going to find other reasons, people to blame at the end of the day, this team did not show up in game five and did not show up for 55 minutes in game four. It's that simple. It's it, it's it's really that simple. And if you're trying to find an excuse and, and, and put all the blame on Keith or put all the blame on blame on Dubis, we're now we're just coming up with more excuses again. The one thing the Mike Babcock firing was supposed to do was put the blame on the players. I'm I'm fine with doing that. I'm fine with saying, hey, John Tavares and Mitch Marner looked invisible. I don't want to see Mitch Marner pretending or actually setting up on the point for a shot. When was the last time we ever talked about that? Mitch Marner having good shot. Never. Uh-huh, never. Cody CC takes one more shot from the point and misses 10 feet wide. I'm going to lose it. I remember uh, reading about that when people were like, you know, it's four minutes left and then two minutes left. And like, you're still, you're still rolling out CC and Marinchen. Oh my on these, god! On these onset offensive rushes. Why? Why? Again, that's another guy I think Keith made a mistake with. Sorry, Martin Marincin is not like should not be on the uh, on on the ice during the playoffs. You have you have a capable player. You trusted you trusted an eighteen year old Nick Robertson, but you can't trust Rasmus Sandin, who at the end of the season when Riley and Muzzin were out. Mm-hmm. You trusted. It seemed I, like I, I think he did a fairly good job at the beginning of the season under Babcock. He got rough. He got roughed up a little bit, and I think it's exactly what he needed to go back to the AHL, play thirty minutes a night. And, and I don't understand why Marincin was was playing. Personally, I feel the same way. Like I don't think Marincin. You know, we're going to talk about his events numbers, but but I kind of felt that I could have taken out Cody Cece and put Rasmus in there i know the right hand shot balance but it's just kind of something where it's not working this way and you know if you're gonna try the Janssen thing you know why not try tweaking the defense as well i would have taken out in my opinion i would have taken out rasmus or sorry i would have taken out cody cc and martin marinchin and i would have rather tried rasmus sandin and timothy Liljegren, who's never played an nhl playoff game in their life as the bottom pairing, like, or would as you mix it up? Pairing, yeah. Yeah. Like you'd, you'd have to mix something up. We can try Travis Dermott on the right. Like we've been talking about for, I don't know like, yeah. for how long we don't even need to do that. It's a top four Riley Dermott and 
and you put Bearman with Barry and you put Hall Riley with Hall. Let's see what Riley and Hall looks like. I'd like to see that if I'm being if I'm being honest here. But we're sure, not. why not? We're not you know what I mean? Try, try I mean, it. We, like we, we should can't, try it. Yeah. We can't try it now. It's too late. Yeah. There's always next season. And and listen, I, I'd like to give give Keith Keith some credit because he did actually try things. If if the one of the things that most Lee fans didn't like about Mike Babcock is he wasn't willing to try things. I mean, we didn't, we didn't see Kyle Clifford on a rush with the last minute <laughs> thinking of the uh, Patrick Marlowe, Patrick Marlowe or the yeah. Freddie Gauthier taking off, taking on offensive uh, face offs in game seven against the Bruins. Now, since it's just the two of us and Adam's not here to stop me from talking about the Leafs, I'm going to ask you about what do the Leafs have to do? And I know next time Adam's on, we're probably going to talk about it again, but what, what do the Leafs have to do? You know what? I'm like at a loss right now. Like we've had this discussion last year too, where it's just like, you know, we need that change of culture. And it's like, all right, you're giving you the opportunities. Mike Babcock is gone. The uh, type of players they kind of have there, you know, like that skill, those skill based, like guys, you know, you got Sheldon Keith, you know, ideal system. And now it's just, you know, it's just like you're just cycling through these things, not thinking, you know, we need to improve overall. Like, I, I think a lot of people are calling on the Leafs to kind of say, you know, let's do that huge swing for the fences kind of thing. And let's let's try to fix this thing and move on, you know, on some of these, like on some of the money. But will that really change anything either? Like, you know, no. you, I'll see this way. Like one question that is always brought up is, are you going to trade William Nylander? And if you trade William Nylander, Yes, you're going to get something back, like, you know, a pretty good package, maybe another good player, maybe a defenseman, something that they, you know, they need, like someone would term. But at the same time, like that core of forwards that you're going to rely on, the Tavares, the Matthews, the Marner, it's still going to be there. They're still going to be leading your team. That's, I think the change starts there with, you know, we've given you the money, we've given you the years, we give you the opportunities. You know, do you want to just be these type of guys that, you know, you're great, regular season guys but you know do you want to be remembered as you know you know cup champions the only way that that this reputation changes that right now this group of four has an extremely tarnished reputation for three seasons we've gone to uh game seven game seven and this year game five and you've managed to screw up in all of them Uh, unless you win the cup this this has been established for me. This has been established because this the whole point you brought John Tavares in that gives you the one two punch, and then you have and then you had Kadri at the time. Now you have Alex Kerfoot, and that's a one two three. And they ha- it seems like they haven't figured it out. So I think there's two things. I think number one, yeah, you have to make a trade. You have to fix the defense, but. Defense isn't, it's a big issue, but I think another big issue for this team is their mentality. Mm-hmm. What I see in Jason Spezza, I do not see in any other player on this team. The yeah, way the I heart. saw it, Jason Spezza competed for 60 minutes. He competed every single minute. I felt I did not see any other player do that. 
No, like, yes, I, Austin, you know, when, when they, they when they were disappearing, Austin Matthews, you know, he did show up. I'm not going to sit here and say he didn't show up. But yeah, I agree. Like he had a pretty good series. It's just not all the pieces kind of fell together there. Like, yeah, with Tavares, I really feel that like we I, I agree with like the whole Spezza thing. Like, you know, Spezza also being a captain, also being like, you know, he was a great center all-star this past before i feel like when Tavares, like there's that pressure on him to be like you know let's let's elevate things let's change the mentality and let's you know win a series but same thing with him like he had a lot of costly mistakes of course he's the more the more i think about it he's the guy i think i would have rather had and and mike and i were talking about this last night mike called me last night and I go, Jason Spets is the guy we should have had for four years, the th- the uh, under a three year contract, uh, the Patty Marlowe contract. Patty yeah. Marlowe's great. Patty Mar, he said Patty Marlowe taught us the fundamentals, but that extra oomph, that extra, hey, this is a playoff game. Stop, like show up, mm-hmm. like this isn't a time to slow down. And I feel like watching Jason Spetsa over the last five games. I've seen something different in, in, in him than I did see in Patrick Marlowe. Um, last thing, I guess we should probably move on from this. From, from I know, it's hard series. to move on from this. It, it, there's so, so much to say. I pr- I'm probably missing something. But one last thing. I, I think we finally have to sit down and actually have the discussion about Frederick Anderson. Um, I had given him so many opportunities, like... Like that second goal, and I think that's what that really sunk the Leafs last night. That second goal again. This is not the first time we've seen something like this. It was so last deflating. year. Yeah, last year, a very similar goal went in, and that's just. And I hate saying it because I I do love Freddie. Right, Freddie's been here for this is his fourth year, and is he clutch? I think that's the word people have been using it's Freddie clutch now during the regular season i think he's been pretty darn good uh i mean with the exception of his maybe october and early november numbers but uh, when it comes to the playoffs and and especially those those series deciding games i feel like we've just been lacking that's where we've been lacking mm-hmm. like he's it is in this past like you know we've talked about the ducks where he's had that success in the playoffs, he's made it to the conference finals. But I think it's something Adam kind of mentioned too, where it's like, you know, you already had that tailor-made like defensive core that, you know, had the left-right balance. You know, you had the Josh Manson, the Hampus Lindholm, the Cam Fowlers, you know, these guys who are kind of like bred into the system. And, you know, they, they already played that like collapsing game in front of him. Is that something you think has kind of, I guess, made him look better in the postseason than he has yeah. been with the with the Leafs. Yeah, and and the question is if the Leafs had a better defense with I I don't think it's about and this is my opinion. I don't think it's about his numbers. I think at the end of the day, like this series he had like a 941 save percentage. Mm-hmm. But when it came down to it, you let in a goal like the second one you let in last night. It's a big it's a big game man like you can't make those type of mistakes in a game seven or in this case i guess a game five and it's the second year in a row he's done that and we know game seven uh two years ago 
it, it, it wasn't fun. And his, I believe he's definitely below 500 uh, in terms of uh, series clinching games. Yeah. So, I think yeah. we love, we all love Freddie. Yeah. But I think it's just when, and he's been solid, but when he makes those mistakes, they're never small ones. Yes. They're pretty bad ones. Like that Liam Foodie goal that was so deflating. Like Zach Renski, that's, inex- that's excusable, I guess. Like, you know, that was a laser from the blue line. But yeah. the Liam Foodie one, it just, Oh my gosh! And, and quickly, and I think they're about to do the uh, draft lottery mm-hmm. quite soon. Gary Bettman's talking right now. Let's give credit to Columbus. I think yeah. it's very fair. They played. Uh, I mean, the Leafs. It, from watching it, the Leafs felt it felt to me like the Leafs dominated a lot of periods. But what the Leafs couldn't do was capitalize, um, and Columbus capitalized. Columbus capitalized on this. On the Leafs, when the Leafs broke down, Columbus came back. The Leafs couldn't do that at all. Yeah, like, I think they were able to hold down the fort, I think, with the Leafs and the amount of shots they were getting. Like, the Leafs were getting their chances. Just Columbus, every single time, you know, they let a shot. You know, they'll let the Leafs get here and there, get into the zone, and then suddenly they get their own chances. And it just, I felt like there was more coordination yeah. in a way. Like, they really did play the team game a lot a lot better in my opinion. Yeah. With the exception of game two, um, the, the Columbus blue jackets had Toronto playing Columbus's game. Mm -hmm. And that's what won Columbus, the series. It's like a war of attrition. Like how long can your defense last? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. It's like matching it up. Any last words about Toronto and Columbus? Uh, I guess good luck to, Pierre-Luc Dubois and company. And yeah. Yes. They're back to... Uh, back playing against the Lightning. Playing against the Lightning. And again, if they're going to have... If um, Tampa's out with Stamco, without Stamkos and Hedman, that, that's a tough series uh, for Columbus. And I think we saw for Tampa, we saw that last year, missing Hedman uh, and Kucherov obviously being suspended for a game. But those guys... Tampa must have a fire under their ass. John Cooper must be must be drenched in sweat right now, thinking about he has to play Columbus again. Yeah, but we'll see. What do you think about it's that? It's gonna be matchup? different. Ooh, that one. Um, I think Columbus takes that. Really? Yeah, I think Columbus takes it. Um, they have the momentum. Tampa's pretty banged up, and I don't. It's something about the Blue Jackets this year. It's just I know it's just against, like it was that Leafs series, but just something about like they're more of a cohesive unit without like Matt Duchesne or you know I guess Panarin compliments any team but even right. without him it's like it's great and like their goaltending you know we always talk about Bob but you know if you could have Merz Lincolns or Corpus Allo come in at any time for you then you know they're pretty set does this have anything to do with you picking uh, John Tortorella as your Jack Adams uh, I don't know maybe but at the same time too you know like I don't know well, big props to him for for standing up for Sheldon Keith. That's I really appreciate sure. seeing that today. For sure. Okay, I, I'm not entirely sure what they're doing on the TV screen. They're opening a briefcase. There's eight balls. So I know it's so fancy. They're gonna put it in the machine, and I guess we're gonna find out. I, oh, they're doing. I guess they're doing it live. That that is uh, just in case. I, they're doing this just in case one of Edmonton, Pittsburgh, or Toronto get it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, because if <laughs> it's going to be an absolute nightmare if one of those teams gets it. So I, I guess we should start. Let's start with. Uh, I hate saying it. I hate. I hate saying it. And I know as soon as Adam comes back on the podcast, we're never going to hear the end of this. I know, Adam. If you're listening, I love you, but love you, Adam. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can. Uh, I don't know if I can hear hear about Montreal. I might get a little upset. But the Montreal Canadiens somehow did it. Uh, Adam would say I called it from the beginning. Adam did. Mm-hmm. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in four games. Daniel, it's- what the hell went wrong? I don't know. I think TSN perfectly uh, with their video uh, two days ago perfectly summed it up. Montreal slays the Giants, and I I agree. They did what they needed to do. Uh, Sportsnet, uh, Andrew Berkshire, what he talked about was the spotlight has to go to Carey Price with this. Like he was absolute lights out. We've talked about it with Adam. Yeah. That is Carey Price the best goalie in the world again, and I think so. Based on what I've seen, based on the amount of time he's been able to recover, honestly, the quality that's been in front of him, who's not named Shea Weber. Um, or Jeff Petrie. Or Jeff Petrie, yeah. Got to give credit to that guy, too. Um, yeah, I think he's the best goalie, and he could really carry them. Not this, they're, they're not as a cohesive unit as, I'll say, Columbus, who's been able to kind of, like, get a lot of quality out of, like, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of role players, but... Montreal is definitely a team to follow. I think they could they could take Philly, personally. Really? Yes, I think what they proved with the Penguins, they could you know what they could prove against Crosby and Malkin, they could prove against Couturier and Giroux. The best two way forward in the league, Sean Couturier. I know. I'm also we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, Philip Deneau, Sean Couturier. We could. That's gonna be a compare matchup. them. Yeah, that that's going to be a matchup, and Adam would probably say that Philip Deneau, um edges Sean Couturier, but I really do think Sean Couturier, and and we talked about it a couple episodes ago, took that next step this I think year, so. um, and he really did. Adam, Adam, the Carter Hart versus Carey Price storyline. It's Carey, current Carey Price versus the second coming of Carey Price. It's new Canada versus old Canada. That's what we're going with. Or that's yeah. my headline. I, I think so. Yeah, that'd be a great article. <laughs> a great, great headline you could just add there, you know. Oh, God. that That's going to be an interesting series. But let's quickly before we move on, I think they're about to do the – they're going to spin the machine mm-hmm. or something. But um, Matt Murray, I can't defend Matt Murray anymore. No, trade him. Who the hell is gonna want Matt Murray? I don't know. Like, is it Detroit? You think Detroit wants it? I mean, they'll take a flyer on it. Like the amount of draft picks they have in the coming years. Like, okay, what's a comparable for like Matt Murray? Like a second in the mid tier prospect at this point? I don't, I don't know. Or just know. a second? Oh, I don't know if it's a second. They, oh my god, this is this is. Let, let's pause the Montreal conversation. Because yeah, for sure. Sorry, Adam. Bubble. Yeah, we'll go more into so, it we'll, soon. We're definitely gonna get back to it, Adam. Don't worry. Oh my god, this is this is incredible. Uh, if one of those three teams I mentioned before—Pittsburgh, Edmonton, or Toronto—get this pick, hockey Twitter is gonna be a nightmare. Yeah, for sure. 
Oh, the ball's up. The ball is up. It's the New York Rangers. Mike is going to be is Oh my god. Oh my god. If this if this is for the first overall pick, I don't have the volume on. Oh. <laughs> Roberto Luongo just tweeted that Rangers ball looked pretty heavy. Oh a little my heavy. God. <laughs> I, Mike's Mike's gonna send me a text message. Mike's gonna God damn it. The Rangers, wow. Oh, that's so that's so uneventful. I know that's so like it's come on, displating. come on, NHL, rig this thing. You know you wanted you know you wanted Pittsburgh to get the get that pick. You know it. You know it. Wow, they. Ah, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike. <laughs> He's gonna wow. send us. Mike is gonna send us a video. It's probably going to be nasty because <laughs> he's at he's at work right now. Um, listen, you you get swept by the Carolina Hurricanes and you get Alexis Lafreniere. Not bad. You know what I mean? not, not, not bad. bad at all. I, I don't think. Listen, I don't think Jeff Gordon or uh, David Quinn were expecting to even make the playoffs this year. I mean, getting swept, I don't know how much experience your young players are getting out of that. But considering that someone like Artemi Panarin kind of looked invisible to me, now you get Alexis Lafreniere. What does that do to your team? I think it's huge. I think uh, we've talked about it before where the Rangers are kind of, I think I said like, you know, they weren't expected to make it this year and they're a bit on that retooling kind of thing. You know, the accelerated rebuild, you know, last year they got Capocaco. Uh, Vitaly Kratsov, I think, looks amazing right now. I think he's going to be amazing uh, for them in the lineup. And getting, at, okay, this is the one thing, getting Adam Fox, pennies on the dollar. Yes, yes. And, and it, it still kind of like goes to show how good Carolina is on defense to kind of trade that kind of player for, what, a second and a, two second round picks. Yeah. That's that's just that's comical to me, but it's something that the Rangers, are, you know, it's a big piece. I think they're going to be a force again, and you know, they already have like Tristorkin. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with Alexander Georgiev, but that is going to be a complete team soon. Plus Panarin there for you know years to come. Well, so I just pulled happened to pull up their um, daily faceoff, and right now their top six is Artemi Panarin. Mika Zabinijad, Pavel Buchnevich, that's their first line. Chris Kreider, Ryan Strom, and Capo Caco. Mm-hmm. Where do you fit Alexis Lafreniere? Like, I think, you know, he's a left winger. Uh, you just signed Chris Kreider, who also happens to be a left winger, to an uh, extension. Mm-hmm. You have Capo Caco, who, okay, maybe he's not that second line forward yet, but he's a second overall pick. Yeah. Now, the obvi- the name that stands out to me uh, in terms of wingers is Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, sorry, just before you answer, Daniel, uh, Sportsnet put up projected lines for the New York Rangers. Actually has Lafreniere on the second line with Strom and Kako and moving Chris Kreider down to the third line. Oh, yeah. I, w- I was actually kind of thinking that too. More of like... I guess his style play, okay. you, you it you know you, you could be in that 
in that bottom six or like a top nine role where, you know, he's still going to be that thrashing guy, but he still gives you that secondary scoring. But he's going to be making a hefty price to be a a third line player. I I don't know what the justification is on that one. Now, uh, Pavel Buchnevich is an RFA at the end of next year. Is that a guy? Like, I'm not, I don't want to sit here and say, trade Pavel Buchnevich. Let's see what it like. Uh, Mike and I were talking last night about Alexis Lafreniere, and the expectations are extremely high. Yeah. What ha- like? What if he's not ready? What if he's not ready for a top six role? I think that's okay with the way the Rangers are. Absolutely. I think yeah, it's gonna be you know no problem. Like for, yeah, this year we saw with Jack Hughes that <laughs> he was not ready. Capo Caco was yeah. not ready. I wouldn't trade anyone yet. Unless no. you're in cap hell, which let me pull this up. I don't think they're in cap hell. Uh, they have for next season, 13 million in cap space. They have to re-sign Georgiev. Oh, maybe they are in a little bit of cap hell. Uh, Anthony D'Angelo and Ryan Strom that, with 13 million. That's a lot. Uh, that definitely puts them in a, in a tight situation, knowing the raise that all three of those players can get. What I kind of look with this team is they have an embarrassment of amazing forward, like amazing wingers and guys coming up now. But, you know, are you really going to keep on going with Ryan Strom as your, your second line center? Uh, then you have to trust one of uh, one of Philip Chittle. Chittle? I don't know how to pronounce Chittle. that. Chittle? Chittle? Ch- uh, it's okay. And Brett or Brett Howden. Or you can go with Greg McKegg. I think he still plays former center. Leaf For, great. Former Leaf, yeah. They traded him for Zach Hyman. I remember that. I'll take it. I'll take the trade. Uh, so, yeah, those are the guys that you're kind of – you're looking at to play second-line center. What do you do with Ryan Strom at that point? It's it's a tough situation. I'd imagine we're going to get a video from Mike, but let, let's – Let's move on. Let's get back to Montreal. This is insane. Uh, when Adam comes back, we'll definitely do. Uh, we'll definitely be talking a lot more because he will definitely have an opinion on that. He already sent a message in the <laughs> YouTube comments saying no. He does not want the, want the New York Rangers to get the first overall pick. Let's get back to Montreal. We, uh, we talked about it before. We can't. I can't defend Matt Murray anymore. And no. this was an interesting question I asked Adam. What happened? Was it Pittsburgh was the was poor or Montreal was the better team? I think Pittsburgh just I don't know, it's it's it might be kind of like the same storyline as Toronto. It's just they underachieved. Yes. And I think it just the first loss got to them and it kind of just I don't know, it kind of like shook them in a way. Like, you know, like they gave what they could on Carey Price, but, you know, that's inexcusable. You know, with the exception of Nick Boosted, you had a healthy team. You had the wingers you went to get out. You know, I forgot how much they gave out for Jason Zucker. Like, Kalen Adinson in that a first rounder, and, you know, I guess the contract of Alex Galchenyak. But yeah. at the same time, you know, this is a guy that, you know, you pay a premium for him, and, you know, he didn't show up. Evgeny Malkin, I think we talked about it, that, you know, if he shows up, it's over for the Canadians and he didn't show up. You know, Sidney Crosby was Sidney Crosby. 
but you know he's not playing defense um that defense was good not great matt murray he should it i think tristan jari i already called it i know they went with the experienced guy but you know after that first game i think they should have gone with tristan jari throughout the whole series yeah they, they made a mistake uh mike sullivan definitely made made a mistake there what the hell do they do? You know, you, you you stack up, you bring back Connor Sheary, you 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 bring in Jason Zucker for the future, you, you bring in some uh, Patty Marlowe, and you know Patty Marlowe probably not going to resign. If anything, he's going to go back to San Jose or retire. What the hell do you do with that team moving forward? Because you still have Sidney Crosby, you still have Evgeny Malkin. From what they have and like the amount of term they have on all these guys, I think they're still just gonna try to stick with it. To be honest, you know, I think you know they don't really have a lot of movement, move like move, freedom in the movement in any movement to do anything. And I guess what are they gonna do with Jack Johnson? Like I always forget how much term he has. Like we talked about how he was kind of the reason they lost Game Four, right? And Game Three, I think. And I, I don't know what they're gonna do with that. Like that was really a bad signing and. The way the Pittsburgh Penguins are kind of set up to be, like, you know, Brandon Tanov, I think he's been an excellent fit for the Penguins. But at the same time, too, when you look at what their lineup and what they were rolling out there, this guy's getting 3.5 and he's playing on your fourth line. Hey, everyone criticized that deal as soon as uh, that was made. Yeah. Or and I, one, we were all on board with that. <laughs> yeah. Or. One thing I didn't like was, you know, you weren't really getting the same success you wanted. Like, you know, the Gensel, Crosby, Sheary line. It reminded me of when Ray, no, um, not Ray Shiro, that was the GM. Uh, Dan Bilesma, the, when he was the coach of the Penguins, you know, they were getting dominated in 2013 by the Boston Bruins in the conference finals. You know, Crosby was being bullied out there and he was still rolling out that Pascal Dupuis, Chris Kunitz, uh, Crosby line. When, you know, you could have had someone like a Ginla or you should have someone like James Neal, you know, that could get in front of the net. Someone, you know, could actually have some sandpaper right. on that top on that top line to kind of, you know, you know, tilt something in your favor, you know. Not just keep going, let's try that again. You know, after, you know, we had like two two chances on Carey Price, you know, we didn't get close, but, you know, let's try that cycle again. And it's the same, I think it's the same storyline, you know, whether it's Dan Milesma or Mike Sullivan this time. It's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, in the offseason. Obviously, a big guy who's going to be a free agent is Justin Schultz, and that guy was playing with Jack Johnson. I think we've talked about before, I don't see them re-signing Justin Schultz that we'll see moving forward. You said uh, the Canadians would beat Philadelphia. Um, I'm a believer. I think I'm a believer now. Yes. Not just because of Adam, but I think I'm a believer. I think the Canadians are having that, you know, they have, they have a bit of a swagger right now. They, they know they They could be the dragon slayer. The Canadians proved me wrong once and they can a hundred percent prove me wrong again. And they proved everyone wrong. But I have to go with my Jack Adams winner, Alain Vigneault, and the Philadelphia Flyers. I saw that coming. You saw that coming. Yes. Now, let's move on. Now we're done with the Leafs and the Blue Jackets. Let's get on to the rest of them. We'll go through them. Uh, Islanders and Panthers, you know, everyone's favorite series. The Islanders edged out. Well, not really edged out. They, They beat 
yeah. the Florida Panthers. Uh, you know, everyone's favorite goalie, Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, we talked about it. I think you guys were like, oh, it was an okay save. But, you know, that was a great save he made. Despite losing 5-1, that was a great save in the second period. Hey, it's great he made one save. Oh. <laughs> but, and I think you brought this up too. Hey, his his save percentage was better than re- his regular season. Yeah, it was at nine point nine oh five. It was at like under 900. Come on. It's the little victories. Now, I think the biggest thing to come out of this series for Florida wasn't actually anything to do with on ice. It was what happened right after the game. Uh, All the rumors started spreading. Dale Talon's going to be fired as general manager for the second time with this team. I guess what legacy do you think he leaves? Uh, Panthers, mixed bag. Horrible contracts. Sergey Bobrovsky at $70 million. Trained Vincent Trocek at the deadline. I think that was, his, I was looking at it today. That was his last uh, big move, like his last trade as a general manager. It, that trade confused me until I found out that he needed to shed $10 million in salary. You know who happens to make $10 million? <laughs> Sergey Bobrovsky. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, Last summer, he brings in uh, Brett Connolly and Noel Achari. Uh, and okay. I believe, let's see, let me pull this up. Noel Achari, pointless in four games. Brett Connolly, pointless in four games. And I get it. They're not supposed to, they're not the point getters for this team. But mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron Ekblad, another guy, pointless. Ugh. It's just guys that. I thought, like, you know, they had that experience that they would perform, just they didn't do it. I think, like, they caught up, you got caught up with, like, the Islanders system. Um, I don't know, the Islanders just look better out there. Just Florida, just it's, you know, they have those guys, they have the Huberdo, they have the Barkov, and then yeah. everything else just kind of feels like, you know, we put it, like, you know, we put it together, we signed these guys, like, good enough, you know, let's go out there. It's just, it, it didn't seem like there was any cohesion with let's see how we could fit this team identity because really like what is their team identity i'm just thinking just you know thought about Florida's? that yeah what is their team identity outscore how many goals sergey bobrovsky lets in yeah that's so, what you the know, team and and they didn't do that yeah they didn't get their seven six wins five five players put the puck in the net five that's bad they got outworked by the new york islanders who Credit to Barry Trotz because we've talked to him a lot and we all thought it's going to, or in my opinion, I think it's eventually going to might bite him in the ass when it comes to someone like Matthew Barzell continues to prove me wrong. Yeah. Um, but man, like what the hell is Matthew Barzell going to get in the summer? That's yeah. the question. We're going to be having the same, same conversation until whatever free agency is like, you know, there's always those people that, you know, the, that say like he's a franchise guy, give him all the money he wants. But uh, is he in that category already? Let, um, let's just be clear. Like I, I don't want to put it back on the Leafs again, but Lou Lamorello, this is the they, if I'm a Leafs fan, I'm wa- and love Lou Lamorello. I'm watching how he deals with this contract mm-hmm. because this is the Matthews, this is the Marner. Well, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't put Nylander in there. This is the Matthews and the Marner contract. 
how he handles this, that is how he would have handled Matthews and Marner, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Do you yeah. think what we talked about before, like, is it the system that's going to, like, push him out or – do you think he long term he's gonna stay with the Islanders the way they are? I, I think he could stay long term with the Islanders. I think it's going to get to a point where Barry Trotz is going to have to let him score because there's gonna be a team who might out outplay them. Yeah. That actually um this is goes really far back. I just thought of this now. Okay. Um you know, you'll be me being in a you know a lot older. You'd be remembering uh, when the Leafs won the cup. Yeah. Um, okay. I remember in 2003, this was the same situation with the Minnesota Wild. Um, Jacques Lemaire, when he was coach of the Wild, he played that trap system that he brought from the New Jersey Devils, and he had Marion Gabrick, who was already emerging as a superstar. And this was the same situation. It's a guy that. If he had all the creative freedom in the world, we did see him with the Rangers. You know, he had that 95-point season. He could be great. It just injuries were unfortunate. But it's the same thing where it's, you know, maybe this young guy who's emerging as a star is going to get frustrated and say, you know, I don't want to be here long-term. I don't want to play this system. I, I don't want to just get by. I want to be on a team that, you know, can score. I, I think a lot... I think a lot's going to be riding on how the team does, how far they get in the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. if they're just getting first or second round performances, right? Last year, I think they made it to the second round before getting swept. Um, that that might that might say, hey, like if that's all we're doing, let me go to a team, unleash the beast, Matthew Barzell, that we saw in year one. I think he does end up staying unless someone throws an offer sheet. And Adam, if Adam were here right now, he'd probably say, Hey, Montreal is going to throw uh, Matthew <laughs> Barzell an offer sheet. I don't know. I don't know if that would actually happen, but we can, we, we can definitely go with it. Now the Islanders next opponent is an interesting one. The Washington capitals, Barry Trotz, former team where he won the cup and then left. Yeah. It's a great storyline. Um, We've talked about like before where I think what Adam had mentioned was moving forward, do the Islanders really scare you? Like we we said Brock Nelson and Anders Lee after Matthew Barzell. Like are these guys that are really gonna are you gonna really be worried about um in in your defensive zone? Defensively? Yeah, or like once they like get into the offensive zone, like on your on your defensive end, are you going to be you know you're you're going to have the Matt Barzell? Like, you know we got to worry about this guy, but you know what about Andrews Lee and Brock Nelson or Josh Bailey? It, it, it's going to be tough to see how, because those are two like Washington is a very tough team. You look at mm-hmm. how they that the style they play, whereas. New York is very defensive. So if if New York can keep up with the toughness, it's a it's a it's a it's a going to be a damn good series. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Do you think Obi has one more in him to, or not one? more? I think more, he has more I mean, than one more. More than one more. But do you think he has the this season? Do the Capitals have that championship color on he, them right now? He's he. Ovi hasn't played hockey for four and a half months. It's not like he's walking into the playoffs injured. 
Um, he should be a hundred percent healthy. They brought, I mean, they brought in Ilya Kovalchuk. Um, that, that Hab's great. Hab's Ilya legend for yes. like two months, two three months. Ilya Kovalchuk. Ilya Kovalchuk. But I think he does. I, I think he does. I think they do edge out. I think Tom Wilson is a lot to handle, and you know, okay, Leo Komarov. Uh, Matt Martin and Tom Kunackle or Cal Clutterbuck. I don't know who's playing on the fourth line anymore. I don't think those, those are enough for Tom Wilson because Tom Wilson is playing so much higher in, in, in the lineup. Like he can, he, he's, he is capable of a top six role because he can play with the puck. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if, if, if you really want to go match up your fourth line with a to- one of their top two lines, Good luck with that. I don't know if I mean Barry Trotz might do that, and he could prove me wrong. He's an NHL head coach. I'm sitting here doing a live podcast, right? So don't sell yourself yourself short, Alex. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what what uh, what they're gonna do, but it, it'll be interesting to see. What's your prediction for the series? Uh, I think Washington takes it. I, I'd have to agree with you. I don't see. I, I see New York edging them out. I just, I think Washington, they're, they should be 100%. Their guys are healthy, and, and we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, I'll give next, them six games, six games. Six games. <laughs> okay. Uh, we were going to save this for last, but let's just finish up all the Eastern uh, Eastern matchups first. We talked about the Rangers and the Hurricanes uh, last episode. So if you want to hear us talk about that, go listen to the last episode of the podcast. Um, let's talk about the Hurricanes and the Bruins, which will be round one. That's, I don't know. I'm excited for that one. That That is kind of, I don't know. It's interesting. Like the, I feel like Carolina, like, you know, at full strength, these are both championship caliber teams, but, yeah. you know, Carolina's kind of on a high right now. Boston, it's pretty rough out there right now for them. I, I like to see what Boston looks like game one. That That's really going to set my views on Boston because I, I don't know how much to take from these round-robin games. You know, the, the players really pushed for, for having some type of meaningful hockey, and it looks like no one cares out there. Yeah. So, and Adam would say, I have no sympathy for these players. Next time they complain about the, the playoffs, I, I don't want to hear it from them. And, and yeah. I have to agree with them. Like, if you, you begged and said, we need legitimate games, but you wanted to make sure that we still had a top four seed, this is what you got, and now you don't care, this is your problem. Mm. I think... With this, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting uh, matchup. What, I, what I'm thinking right now is going to be everybody who's a an NHL fan who's not from Boston against the Bruins. Yes, yes everyone. Yes. Um, it, that's how I'm seeing this. I mean, you could say for anything, but I think Carolina is just so lovable. You know, they just are. from everything they do to how they build their team. Like we we talked about, like what is identity? You know, we look at the Hurricanes. Like, yeah, this is. This is their they have Justin team. Williams who actually cares. Yeah, he's that, actually and, yeah, and it looks like it spreads to the rest of the team. For sure, the biggest thing is for me is Dougie Hamilton, and he didn't play in the first round. I think he reaggravated an injury. 
but they're saying uh, uh, they're saying he could come back for the first round of the playoffs, and that would be huge. And not mm-hmm. only because um, he's a good player, but that's a hell of a rivalry right there. You get traded from from uh, Boston for whatever reason, then you get I don't remember why. Then you get traded from Calgary because you went to a museum or something. Mm-hmm. But that- we have to look back on that trade. Not only did they get Zachary Sayenshin with that pick. Okay, they also got two more picks, Jeremy Lazon and our favorite two on one podcast guy. Oh, Jacob Jake for, for Jacob Forbaska Carlson. Now, if you want to go back even farther, we can do that too. The original pick was from the the freaking Toronto Maple Leafs trading for Phil Kessel. Listen, I love you, Phil Kessel. I love Phil Kessel. I I nothing he could do nothing wrong. Damn it, Brian Burke. Tyler Sagan and Dougie Hamilton. I love Brian Burke on Sportsnet as my Leafs general manager, not so much. If Adam was here, he's like, of course you made this about the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know, really we didn't even talk about, we talk about Jake Gardner, James Reimer yet. That's why all the Leaf fans are cheering for the cheering for the Hurricanes. I Jake know. Gardner and James Reimer, who James Reimer and Jake Gardner, who happened to finally win a series in Scotiabank Arena. I'm proud of them. Um but uh, you know Boston, the way they match up, you got the perfection line, and then you got that second line uh, of DeBrusque, uh, DeBrusque, Krejci, and Charlie Coyle. Th- those are two tough lines to go against. Do you think that Carolina's defense can handle that? I think they're just gonna have to kind of get used to like that you know these guys are kind of even bigger bullies like you know i i love charlie coyle's game i've mentioned it before where you know he's that perfect balance of i don't know he's like a young patrick hornquist in a way but he scores more consistently i think or charlie coyle he's more versatile that you know he could play on the wing he could be that center guy but he's definitely someone that really complements boston style a lot where they're gonna have that broad but they're also gonna have that skill so i think that's what the hurricane's gonna have to balance out that they're going to have to go through these two types of lines and try to figure out, all right, how are we going to isolate them? Right. The perfect thing, that perfection line, I, I don't know how they're going to go around that. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's going to be the most difficult matchup uh, for for them. Now we should probably move on because I know we're, we're running out of time here. We got about no. 45 minutes or so. Let's get to the too West. Too much Leafs info that you know, we're bringing it up. We have to. We've never had this before. Gotta cut out my gotta cut out my leaf content. Um, Let's start with the the Canadian the all Canadian matchup: the Flames uh, beating out the Jets to the surprise of most people. Um, I think we talked about it on the podcast. Uh, We had just gone the Matthew Kachuk had taken out both Mark Shifley and Patrick Laine. That ruined the team. Yeah, I think at that point, the Jets were kind of done. You know, we love Andrew Cobb on the show, but you know, you're not a first line center. I'm sorry. Um, what I kind of felt with that is the Flames finally did show up, but it was kind of like the low hanging fruit. The right. Jets were banged up. You know, they they had that. Okay, what was kind of insult to injury for me was that you know that defense was already so vulnerable, and then you see what happens to Tucker Pullman. We wish him the best. But everything and it's just 
it just wasn't their year. But you know, Carl had a Hellbuck. You know, he looked human out there, but you know, he still played pretty well for what was given to him in front. If I'm Artemi Panarin or Connor Hellebuck, I'm glad the voting is done. Artemi Panarin looked invisible in my my opinion, uh, and Connor Hellebuck looked human, which is the issue. Um, how about the flame? Like the Flames, they were pretty good. Like the guys we all thought who should have been, who we all expected not to show up. It felt like they showed up. Sean Monahan, six points. Johnny Goudreau, uh, three points and two goals. Elias Lindholm, another three points for him too. Uh, the biggest name of them all, Milan Lucic, went a point per game. 2011, Milan is back. <sighs> my dad, my dad saw Milan Lucic. He's like, that guy's still playing. <laughs> Forget, like he's actually been there a while. Like I know it was only 2006 draft, but he, he's he's been there. Was he the guy that you know ignited the flames? Or like you know he had that playoff experience. Don't even say he it, was man. the missing piece. Don't blame. Don't say it on Milan Lucic. Don't say Milan Lucic changed everything. I'm gonna have to agree. I disagree with you on that one, but. The biggest thing for, or one of the biggest things for Calgary is they got goaltending. Yeah. I was surprised. Cam Talbot uh, played all four games. I really thought, you know, David Riddick, I thought he was, he ran away. Big save, Dave, no position. more. I know. <laughs> uh, Cam Talbot, I don't know. He came back to his uh, early Rangers first year in Edmonton type of play that, you know, you, 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 you'd love to see him come back to form for that because you know he's been bouncing around you know he was kind of a scapegoat in Edmonton for quite some time saying you know this is the guy this is the reason why you know this is why that that is true how now they're gonna the flames are gonna play the Dallas Stars in round one that is going to be interesting I think they're two teams that have a lot to prove that with their current core, they haven't done much. That is that is true. That is true. And you add Joe Pavelski. And Corey Perry. Okay. And Corey Perry. Okay. Yes. Fine. Well, I'll include Corey Perry in that. But you add Joe Pavelski uh, specifically, and he ha- it seems to st- he started the season not very well. You know, he looked 35 out there this year. <laughs> you know, okay. this, even if you throw 7 million at him, fair, he looked 35 there. He looked yeah. 35. He looked 35. Okay. But what what happens when these two teams face off? I think, like, it's going to go down to who's going to have more chances and, like, how are they going to complete their chances with the guys they're given? Like, I look at Dallas and, you know, it's it's sad for me to see, like, Jamie Bent, how he's been playing the last couple of years. Just, yes, it really leaves, like, Tyler Sagan out there to kind of be and, like, I'm going to carry this team. Oh, uh, yeah. And and Adam would say Jamie Bent's overrated. What, is he making nine and a half? Or am I going insane? I think so. And I'll, I'll search it up. 
I'll search how much Jamie. He's Benn getting is quite a bit of money. Um, he's getting more than he deserves. Is that what we're gonna? You know, it it worked out the first few years of the contract, but just I don't know what. Like once he hit thirty, it just oh, okay. That's that's not good. Nine and a half million dollars for five more years, and he's thirty-one. I know he's your captain and all, and you know he he plays that two-way game that we all love, but. <sighs> How do you do that? How do you give the but, contract like that? I think that remember that one year he had like eighty eight points. At one time, that was like he signed. He he's had eighty nine. Okay, he had seventy nine points in thirteen fourteen. Next year he put up eighty seven. Year after that he put up eighty nine, and then sixty nine, seventy nine, fifty three, and this year he put up thirty nine points. And he was scoreless in three games. This in the play on round. But not playing on the uh, round robin. Round robin. That's not not good. For nine and a half million dollars. So uh, what what what's the what's the outcome? Calgary, uh, Dallas. I think Calgary gets this in five games. Five games. Really? Like I look at this team like, you know, they have Radulov, they have Rupe. Rup Hins and Hintz, yeah. um, I don't know Denny Gurianov. I mean, like good guy, yeah, John good Klingberg, guy Jason yeah. Dickinson. But bad guy Corey Perry. Oh, what? You know, you I still love that. you still love the guy. Yeah, of course. Of course I mean, course. I know it's surprising. I didn't go for Dallas in this. I went for Calgary in this, despite Corey Perry's presence. But I think they're not going to be like blowout. Like they're going to be close games. Like it, I think it's just. With the way Dallas forwards are, I think like they could probably carve out one win, but I okay. think I think Calgary gets that takes this in five games. Okay, uh, we have three more left. The Vancouver Canucks defeat the Minnesota Wild. In my opinion, this was not surprising at all. No, I think like people were thinking, "Oh no, what's happening with the Canucks in Game One?" And then suddenly, you know, they reawakened. <laughs> In a way. I'm, I mean, we had Harbin dial on uh, a couple months ago. I, he pretty much convinced me that Quinn Hughes should be the Calder winner. Yeah, he's that, too good at that. Like, how did he convince <laughs> us like this? Like, I'm like, I'm thinking that now too. Like, I was a Kale McCarr guy the whole year. <laughs> and that Vancouver could make a potential run in the playoffs. Only man. Again, we're talking about this again. Like, only if Adam was here. Like, this is the same series in 2010. Penguins just won the cup 2009 and they're facing against the Montreal Canadiens, the under the young underdog team with a what 23 year old carry price. I feel it's the same way with Vancouver, how they are right now. Like they're the underdog, but they could really upset them. They could, sorry, who could they could, upset I think who? the Canucks gonna, they could upset the blues. You think so? I think so. Really? I mean, they're going to have to like, they're going to have to get spectacular goaltending from from Markstrom, which I know he can give, like we saw during the regular season, in, in terms of points, like Quinn Hughes six points, Bo Horvat four, Pedersen four, Tanev four, Besser three, Pearson Tanner Pearson with three points, and JT Miller with three points as well. The guys are putting putting up points, and if that momentum continues, which I think. We can. I, I'm very confident in saying 
Hughes, Horvat, and Pedersen. That that will continue. We'll have to see with Brock Besser. I'd imagine it continues with him as well, but you never know. That that could be that could be a very interesting series, and it all gets tied together with Markstrom. I think so, and I think like they the way the Canucks are built, like they have a few guys that have been to the finals before. Like you know, Chris Tanev was there when he was a bit of a youngster in 2011, and then you know right. we have Jay Beagle. You know he won it with Washington. Um, they have a good mix of their up and comers and. You know, I don't know if Jack Hughes, I mean, John, uh, Quinn Hughes is an upcomer. You know, he's already all-star material, but um, they have what it takes to kind of make a run. I think for sure, they, I think they could upset St. Louis. Team. I love St. Louis. I love Jordan Bimington, but I think Richard this is going to be there, this is going to yeah. be fun. This is going to be a really fun series. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a series to watch. Uh, for, for sure. I mean, Adam might say otherwise because I think he just doesn't like Vancouver. All right. We talked about a lot about if the Canucks could upset, but do you believe the Blues could repeat this year? I don't know. I just think there's teams that that could just come out and just dominate. And one of those guys, and I think we'll, we'll eventually get to them uh, in, in a little bit, is the Vegas Golden Knights. That team looks strong on paper. Uh, I believe I they they got the first so they actually looked like they cared, um, so that that's a good start. And the Carolina Hurricanes are on absolute fire uh, after beating the Rangers in three. We'll have to see what they do, what they do against the Bruins because that will be a real good matchup to see how good Carolina actually is and and how good Rod Brindamore is. Mm-hmm. Uh, next on the list. Oh, quick! You said St. Louis was going to win. I guess we should do our predictions. Oh, um, I think it's going to go to Game Seven, okay. and St. Louis takes it. But I there's potential just told for me, an upset. I thought you just told me <laughs> Vancouver was going to win. What is this? I think okay. The logic in me is like St. Louis, but I think I don't know. The, I, I don't know. You just love to see the underdog, but the young underdog that could upset. Like I'll, and we I'll saw say a this, lot of those. Yeah, I think this goes to game seven. And I know the cop out was like, it goes to overtime <laughs> or something. No. And one of them wins. I need an answer. I need an answer. I we think experience St. Louis, like, I think it's, it's, you know, they're not, they're not tired. They didn't have the, uh, the Stanley Cup hangover. You know, they had a few months to kind of rest up. For sure. I, I think St. Louis is it, going to be a series. I don't know if it actually gets to seven games, but I do think St. Louis edges Vancouver. I think, again, the experience playing in those games, you look at Vancouver's lineup. Yeah, okay, you got Jay Beagle. Uh, you got Chris Tanev, who was quite young. Uh, when went when he when he in 2011. Oh, Alex Edler, we forgot to mention him. Uh, okay, Alex. Ed, yeah, but okay, Alex Edler. Yeah. Yes, the other guy. Okay, do you want? Should we mention Louis Erickson? If you want, do we mean, <laughs> Is Louis Erickson part of that? Kind <laughs> of. <laughs> okay, two more. We're gonna save the best one for last. So let's just go uh, for probably one of them. The one this does not come to a surprise. A surprise. The Coyotes beat the Nashville Predators. The guys who actually needed to show up showed up. The John Chica legacy continues. Oh, 
Hey, let's not bring up John. I mean, Schenker. the on ice that's performance. A sou- that's a that's a touchy subject. No, but the on and, ice yeah. performance. Yeah, like what he's brought in. I mean, there's I four players who went four. There's four players who went point per game: Keller, Hall, Ekman, Larson, and Phil Kessel. The guys who needed to show up showed up, and they got goaltending. Yeah, right. I think that. I mean, good. Darcy Kemper is back. Non-injured Darcy Kemper is back. I might. I might correct with that. He's always been good, but. Yeah, and, and in terms of guys who maybe I expected to put something up, Jacob Chikorin didn't put up a point, but I'm not too worried. Not worried about Seems that one. like the guys are kind of back. They're going to play the Avalanche in round one, and that is just going to be swarm after swarm of offense. It's kind of interesting. It's the one of the most interesting teams in the avalanche that we talked about coming into the play in round versus a team that came out of series out of a series that we were like, Oh, this is going to be a boring series with Nashville and Arizona. So, you know, it's a good balance, but suddenly Arizona gets more entertaining now. Yeah. Because it looks like they care. Yeah. And they're playing on, and Adam would say they're playing on good ice. It's the ice that matters. It's the ice that matters. Whatever's going on in, in Arizona, the ice might be a little too soft. Um, but yeah, that that's going to be an interesting matchup in terms of can these guys still produce? Because we know when it comes down to it, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, Nazem Kadri, Kale McCarr, those guys are going to show up. They will. I think... It's, are the guys I they're just They're too good. I don't know. We like... We're like fanboys of that team. I love. Uh, we love the Avalanche. Like Nathan McKinnon is our heart trophy. Like consensus. I think that was the only consensus pick we had. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised uh, Adam hasn't commented Nathan McKinnon for uh, MVP or Lady Pink. Pro- <laughs> no, we don't talk about the Lady Bing. <laughs> no, we not know, with Lady Bing. We don't okay. know what that. We don't know what that award's actually for. Okay. <laughs> um. So okay. Are we are we good on saying Colorado is going to win this series? Yeah, no. I think four games. I think it's a sweep. Four games. I think it's a sweep. Don't, I don't know. You don't think Darcy Kemper will steal them a game or two? No. <laughs> How about you? Watch. I bet they're good. I think Darcy Kemper steals them a game or two. I do think that the Avalanche do come out on top. I think it's too much for Darcy Kemper. Unless they unless they the rest of the team just blasts off. I can't. I can't really see it happening. We had to save this matchup for last, simply because it's so laughable. And I'm, I, I'm kind of right. I kind of called it at the beginning of the year. I don't want to brag or anything, but the Edmonton Oilers were defeated by the Chicago Blackhawks, and they did not make the playoffs. No, I'm just right. saying. I'm just. I don't want to brag. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I might have been right at the beginning of the year. It caught up to them. It caught up to them. Uh, starting Mike Smith seemed like the wrong that option. That was mistake number one right there. Uh, Josh Archibald on your first line. Sure, like why not? The wrong option. I get you can play anyone with Connor McDavid, and there's two players on the Oilers who are proof of that, and you can get paid for it. Uh, Zach Cassian, Alex Chason. 
those guys got paid for playing with Connor McDavid. Don't pretend like it was something else. They got. I, I don't even know. There's no depth. And, and I was. I was on a. I was on a podcast talking about. Um, about it. About this specific series. They have experience. The Chicago Blackhawks have experience, and the the person I was talking to said they have experience together. Yes, that's a good point. And it seems like that's it, it, it. It's a factor in this series. Like you look at Edmonton, what do they have in terms of experience? Um, well, yeah, that's true. The Penguins never actually won it, with James Neal, for as many years there. Um, no, Andreas Antonescu, you know, he's only really emerged recently. It doesn't seem like they have, ex- like, in terms of experience, what are we looking at here? Adam Larson went to the finals. Are we talking about Mike Smith and Adam Larson? Yeah. He went to the finals in his rookie year, though. He was like a healthy scratch for quite a few games. I, I guess, but. Again, you you have, and, and it's it, this is has to be the most embarrassing part. The Oilers had Connor McDavid. I believe he put up nine points. Ryan Nugent Hopkins eight points. I think they were like the top two in points, mm-hmm. and they still lost. Yeah, they you can only do so much. Lost. The, I don't. I don't even know what the next thing for this team is. Because it's embarrassing. Like, listen, I, I'm gonna jump on the Edmonton Edmonton's embarrassing bandwagon, but the Leafs are embarrassing too. Pile these two these two teams together. It's absolutely embarrassing that they lost. Um, it's it is awful. The it fact is. that Josh Archibald is playing on your first line that alone. <laughs> Topic of the night. Josh Archibald. Josh, Josh, Josh Archibald. Josh Archibald. If I could say his name properly, um, that that's embarrassing. It is the Blackhawks. I don't know. Just they were getting a lot of effort from you know people you wouldn't expect. Like Calvin DeHaan and Connor Murphy were rock solid, and Ali Mata. That guy flew. Slater Cuckoo and Ali Mata. I, I know we joke about them being Norris misses because they definitely should have been in the Norris Norris <laughs> Norris Norris ballot, but this is know. devastating. This is devastating for Connor McDavid. If I'm Connor I McDavid, yeah. I'm not happy. It's like what the heck's going on? It's like you've you've wasted what this is year seven or eight. I don't even know. Of him, this is year. S- Five or six? Um, it could be six. I, I, it's he's twenty three. Yeah. And put up nine points in four games, and your team still lost. It wasn't enough. I don't. Patrick Kane, you know, wasn't exactly putting up insane numbers either for the Blackhawks. No, but they got points from a lot. They got points from different people. Playoff pages back. Jonathan Thames seven points in. Four games. Dominic Kubalik still looks like he's rolling from four and a half months off. That's a guy. That's a guy who has thirty. I think thirty plus goals, and had four and a half months off, and still came back rolling. Yeah, I think he was even better than before the break. 
this it's it's an absolute embarrassment uh, for Edmonton, but uh, absolute. Th- there's two teams, two teams pulled an absolute upset, and they need to be congratulated: the Chicago Blackhawks and the Montreal Canadiens. Yes, not the Columbus hate, Blue Jackets. No, I hate do. <laughs> Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I already talked about enough about the Leafs, okay? Um, who they're sorry. I'm I'm all over the place. The Golden the no, Jesus. The Chicago Blackhawks are gonna play face off against the Vegas Golden Knights. And former Blackhawks great Robin Leonard. He was a leaf for two minutes. I know. I remember that. I remember. <laughs> I got, <laughs> see, funny. I brought it back to the Leafs. I know. Just, He's I'm still so being paid by them. That's funny. I'm, <laughs> So good at bringing it back to the Leafs. Absolutely amazing. Um, what does this series look like? Um, a complete team against a team trying to retain its former glory. Right. I, I, and I think what Vegas has that maybe Chicago doesn't, because I think uh, Chicago has a very good first and second line. But the farther down you go, same with their defense. They have a very good, like I think Duncan Keith, and I think Duncan Keith's playing with. I'll I'll find out. But they have depth. Vegas has depth. Yeah, and that's what I think is going to win them the series. I think it's going to be a goaltending battle between, um, between Crawford and one of Leonard or Flurry. Hmm. I but, hope I don't know. I I want to see Flurry, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> See, they have they have such a they're in such an interesting situation because they have Flurry and they have Leonard. So if Leonard has a poor game, they can go right to Flurry if they want to, and vice versa. Uh, Duncan Keith is playing with Adam Botkvist, so I think I can argue that's an, a, a good that's solid a solid first pairing. But and then it it, it kind of goes it kind of it kind of goes down from there, and I think that's where they're going to get beat because that first and second line. Okay. But when you're playing Vegas uh, right now, it's, I don't know why Chandler Steve, I guess Pacioretty's day day to day. That's what uh, daily Faceoff says. Let's just assume he's playing Pacioretty. Carlson stone is your first line. Marcia. So and Riley Smith is your second line. Like those are two very good. Mm-hmm. That's a very good top six. And your third line is uh, Nick Cousins, uh, Nicholas Roy, and Alex Tuck. I don't think there's a, a, a lot of complaints there. No. And then you get they get to, score. That yeah. that line could definitely score as well. And, and then you get murdered by your fourth line in Will, William Carrier, Thomas Nosek, and the beast Ryan Reeves. It's not going to be easy. And no. And I think Chicago, because, again, of their experience, can push it as far as possible, but I don't think Chicago wins this series. I I think they're going to get outlasted. Like, yes, I don't know. Like, okay. So like that third line, you know, Drake Kajula has been pretty, pretty okay for the Blackhawks, but looking at it now, like Stroman Nylander, like these are their first postseason, right? This is going to be, this is going to be the first postseason. These are guys that, you know, I, I still believe in the potential of Dylan Strome, but like they're highly volatile prospects that either they're going to show up and show, you know, these are why this is the reason why we went in the top 10 or they're just going to be completely invisible again. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. What do you think, quickly before uh, we wrap things up, what do you think the, the outcome of this series is? Um, Vegas in four or five. Okay. But if Chicago plays above what they expected, like they did against Edmonton, I think five or six. Like the Golden Knights take it. Of course, of course. Okay, before we go, Mike's fine. Mike sent me uh, the video of his reaction. It's like thirty seconds long. Let let's see let's see what he has to say. All right. Uh, can you see it? I can see it. How about now? Yep. Awesome. Can you hear it? No. Damn it. Thought I was good at this. Okay. No problem. Now let's work on this on out. the air. We're going to work this out yes. on the air. Share computer sound. That's what I was missing. The first selection in the 2020 yeah. NHL draft belongs to the New York Rangers. Wow, there it is. The New York Rangers have won it's the, the Rangers. 2020 <laughs> I'm not mad draft lottery. I'm okay with that. So take a look at the big board. The question has I'm not been mad answered. The number one overall pick in this year's draft Please don't deserve it. to the New I'm York Rangers. Kill myself. The Rangers rebuilding and make so really much money off New York. Great trade and the addition LGR. Of Let's go Rangers. That's sick, actually. I'm okay with that. That was Mike's reaction. Thank you, Mike, for the clip. Yeah. <laughs> Back to us. Thanks, Mike. Um, that's uh, Mike's going to come on uh, within the next episode or two to definitely talk about what's going on uh, with a year. Uh, that that rebuild is... That, was that a rebuild? <laughs> I don't know. Don't you know, know what the rebuild was. Um, they did something in the last two years. It was a retool. Something... I mean... I don't want to make fun of Montreal, but I'm just saying. No. I'm just just bringing it up. Um, do you have anything else to add? Um, I didn't even think of the Rangers, to be honest, coming into this. I wish I right. prepped myself more. You know, 12%, 12.5% is still a lot. You have a 12.5% chance of getting Lafreniere, but you have an 87.5% chance of not getting Alexis Lafreniere. Yeah. That's the way I put it. So all the Leaf fans who said, hey, we can get, we have a 12.5% chance of getting Lafreniere. Congratulations. You got what you want. We didn't get Lafreniere though. Yeah. Okay. If the Leaf, hypothetically, the Leafs got him, it's what like, would you feel? We're going to do that? That's what we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to do that. Do I guess to end it. it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll go back to this. With Adam not on the podcast, <laughs> it's all, all guns blazing with the Leafs. It's going to turn into a Leafs podcast. Um, it, I'd be, it, listen, I'm devastated by what the hell I just saw over the last uh, three games from the Leafs. Would I be happy they got Lafreniere? Yes, because it's another good player to put on this team. But man, that still doesn't fix the issue, no. which is their mentality, which it's a, the player's mentality. Something needs to change. Steve Dangle says it. The answer's in the room. And when you watch them play, those, those five, three, or not even five minutes, those three and a half minutes where it looked like they wanted to win, you know it's there. You know it's there. That mentality is there. How the hell do you get them to keep that mentality for 60 minutes? Show them that you can't do that stuff. Trade someone. 
and mm-hmm. we I think we've talked about on the podcast yeah one of Janssen Kerfoot or I think now with the flat cap two of Janssen Kerfoot or Kapanen could be on their way out and and I think with the way they played I, I think one of the big boys could be gone yeah um, the and it's again it's interesting I bring that up back in February Zach Bogosian just got bought I uh, just got I don't remember exactly. His contract, I think, was terminated. Oh, yeah, and, because he didn't want to report to Rochester. Yeah. And the Leafs were apparently one of the teams in uh, in on him. And the Leafs went ahead and lost to an emergency backup goalie. If you want to see my reaction to that, scroll down a little bit on uh, on YouTube or on, uh, Inst- on, on the podcast page. You will most definitely figure out which one it is. And Kyle Dubas pulled out of that, con- out, out of that deal. And obviously, he ended up going to Tampa. Would that have changed things? No. But I think that gives me hope that, you know, I think Kyle Dubas knows kind of what he's doing. I mean, he's an NHL GM. Like I said before, I'm sitting here doing a podcast. I could just make predictions. I don't actually know what goes on. I want to see Kyle Dubas make an actual move. Uh, I think the Kadri the Kadri experiment or the Tyson Berry experiment was a big fat F in terms of grades. Uh, I think even the Kerfoot one, it's not a fail, but I couldn't give it more than a B for sure. I I don't think you're right. Gonna... Yeah, you're very uh, generous with that. I'll yeah, like, like I, C plus. <laughs> I think I, yeah, like I don't think you can even touch the Bs if I'm being honest, because. He had a good like I think he looked good in the uh, in the post season the play the five playing round games as the third line center, but the having to move him back and forth between left wing uh, or winger and center didn't seem like it did him any good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a long road for the for the Leafs off season. They don't have their first round pick. I don't think they have their. It's going to go thirteenth or fourteenth, I believe. They said with the well, Leafs not winning the lottery. Yeah, but it goes to Carolina because it's yeah. only top. It's only top ten protected. The second round pick this year, I believe, goes to uh, L.A. Uh, through the Jack Campbell, uh, Kyle Clifford. Deal. Oh yes, they got some decisions to make. What the hell is Riley? And I think that's the question we've been asking ourselves, or I've been asking myself for the last at least two years. Is Riley can is I think he's a top four D. Can he play on the right side? If not, gone. Uh, sorry, I hate to be I hate to be like that. So blunt there. We have Riley and Muzzin. If Riley or and Muzzin don't want to play on the left side or they're not good at it. Your top your top four is locked up. Uh, even someone like Rasmus Sandin, I, I I don't know at what point Jake Muzzin starts regressing, but I believe Rasmus Sandin will be be will be getting better. I hope so. I think you so, will. Good kid. Listen, they have some room to, some room to move around. Not in terms of <laughs> in cap space. In terms of players players they have. Like it feels like we all completely forgot about Alex Barabanov uh, and Miko Letnin to see what they Great, do. You know, experience. You know, low cost. It gives uh, them reinforcements gives, are coming in. Exactly, it gives them room to say we if we want to move and um, if we want to move Janssen or Kapanen, we can slot in Nick Robertson. I think Nick Robertson deserves a spot on the third line next year. 
I think so too. He he's shown. He does. He's ready. Again, and this is my. I hate the fact that this is an actual rule because it seems so stupid. I don't understand why he has to go back to the CHL. He scored fifty-five goals. What is he gonna do? What is he possibly gonna do next year? He was over a goal a game. Nothing. There's nothing more he can do. He's gonna he, he's gonna dominate the CHL again, and I don't think it's gonna do him much good. You know what he can do, Alex? He can play play the, the real juniors, <laughs> but get for the US. Here. Get out of here! I oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here for the US. Ugh. Um, yeah. That's all I gotta say. Do you have right. anything else before we wrap this thing up? No. Other than that, I'm still kind of digesting the fact that the Rangers got it. But other than that, you know, I think we said what we needed to, and this was fun. For sure. Uh, thank you again for listening to the two on one podcast live. We will be back later this week, uh, Wednesday or Thursday. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll talk. Um, make sure you check out your, I mean, you're already on the YouTube page. Just hit subscribe. Uh, make sure you come back check out our Instagram page. All this is going to be in the description. Check out the Instagram page, check out the Facebook page. If you, if you're listening to us on uh, iTunes, make sure you leave, uh, leave a rating and a review Spotify. Just make sure you subscribe. We, we want you to come back. Yes, leave a subscribe. Re- yeah. Subscribe. Leave a comment. But I, I want to know what you think about the New York Rangers getting this pick. I want you to know what you think about the Toronto Maple Leafs playing like garbage. Uh, I want to know what you think about the Chicago Blackhawks and the Montreal Canadiens, the sweep of the decade. And I mean, we're only six months in, but or seven or eight. I don't know. Don't know what month it is anymore. Yeah.